welcome to Disagreements, it's the show where we can't agree to disagree. I am your host, Mike Cohen, and today we have Darren Guttridge. Hello. And Joe Turner. Hello. Got a couple of interesting fights today. It's gonna it's this is finally the day where me and Darren are gonna go head to head about Kickass oh. 2. Things are gonna get bloody, dare we yes, say. Um, Joe and Darren are gonna be discussing what is the best reality TV show of all time. And then me and Joe are going to go head-to-head about the worst things about Fifty Shades of Grey, of which the movie released this week. So, all good battles. Uh, the final battle we'll come to later on. But we shall start, I think... Uh, shall we start with the best reality TV show? Yes. Yes. And we'll then we'll do Kick-Ass 2. And then we'll do Kick-Ass 2. Yep. Okay then, so... Let's go. Gentlemen, you have ten minutes to argue about the best thing about reality TV uh- show. Pre-matchable mounties. Oh, okay. pre-matchable mounties. Good game. Good game. Good game. Good game. Good game. Good game. Okay. And let the better man win. Ten minutes, five minutes each, starting from now. Off you go, Darren. Oh, my first. Okay. Um, best reality TV show ever. Now, it's unlikely you've ever seen it. I may have lent you the DVDs. I can't remember. If not, I will do. It's called Last Man Standing. It was on BBC Three about 2005, 2006-ish. Right, it was only ever on BBC Three. It only had two, right now, three series, but it's the best reality TV show ever. Basically, what they did was they took six dudes uh, in season one and two. It was six women in season three. Um, I'm going to focus primarily on the first season because it's one I remember the best. Um, it was three English guys and three American guys. They were all like um, athletes in a certain sport. So one was like. Uh, uh, the big American dude was a boxer. You had um, an American rugby player, which is weird. An MMA guy, a kickboxing guy, a runner. Um, I think one of them was like a canoe guy. And one was just like this. He was called Ryko. He's the coolest person I've ever seen in my life. He built like a brick shit house. And he's like, he had like cool hair. Anyway. Um, and the sender. Because <laughs> I've been no, getting so far is it? it's eye candy he's in for. <laughs> Whilst you're, I'm going to find his, the picture of him so you can see how much of a bronze god Ryko was. His name was Ryko. Um, and he... Um, right, the, the gist of the show was they would send him around the world to different tribes that did, like, sports. Uh, I think there was, like, eight episodes in total. So, yeah, they'd go to, like, a tribe in, um, say, like, Africa where they'd do st- Zulu stick fighting was, it was episode one. And they've all got these little crappy like shields and these big sticks. And you see the locals wailed the shit out of each other. And it said, you've got five days to train. You've been entered into the tournament. Last man standing wins. Mm. And they beat the shit out of each other. And then the next week, it'd be like something a bit different, like an endurance race. And then it'd be wrestling. And then it'd be a canoe race. Um, and it was like, there was like a four-way tie going into the last episode. So it was really tense. And it was really funny. It was really interesting. Um, you saw lots of... They didn't just stay in, like, Africa. They went to, like, Africa, Nepal. Um, I think they went to Australia, one of them. All around the world. It was The narrator was Richard Hammond, which was weird. Um, and, yeah, it was just the best reality TV show ever. Joe? My favourite reality TV show ever. Well, it's a good subject, because the majority of them are all shit. We're all singing, all dancing. You don't want any of them. We don't need any more singers. There's enough singers. Get a trade. <laughs> uh, best reality TV show, Ink Master. It is an American tattoo reality TV show. Um, hosted by quite a few celebrities. The thing is, they took 10 people. They all compete every week. Different sort of, uh, different sort of style. Different sort of uh, variation. They get told what tattoos to do and then have to do it to the best of their ability. 
on a random stranger. So it's sort of like, when you say you've got like pressure on shows like The X Factor and Brilliant Talent, they ain't really got pressure, because no matter what happens, they're never going to be scarring someone for life, which is what these tattoo artists are going to be doing. And it must be quite difficult to get a stranger come in with cameras in front of you and put these massive masterpieces on people's backs and whatnot, doing it to a style that probably a lot of them weren't familiar with. So I think it would take a lot of balls to even attempt that. Because I've thought about it myself. Would I be able to even put that on anyone's body? Would I be able to do it? No, no chance at all. I'd shit my pants. So I'd, I've got like a lot of respect for anyone who can do that. That's why I think that type of TV, a reality show, it takes a lot more balls than just singing, dancing, athletes, that sort of thing. Because you're a, it's a different skill set. It's a rare skill set, and it's hard to do. That's that's what I think. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Now, now you've got time to tear each other apart. Cross examine. Cross examine. Um, okay. Well, yes, it does take balls to go and put uh, tattoos on other people's bodies, strangers, and yeah. all that stuff. But these people were going into tribes that have been doing these sports for years and years, and none of them were like little, like a football match or anything. It was always something... Okay, the running ones were just running ones. The terrain would beat them up. But, right, the Mongolian wrestling one, they were up against, like, sumo-sized dudes. They were fucking gigantic. And only two of them in, like, the group were, like, actually pretty big. You had the big black American boxer dude and Ryko, who I have found his picture. There we... I know this is not good on a fucking... This is Ryko. He's a good-looking dude, right? (laughs) Look at him! Look at him. Look at the size of this man. Look at him. He's not only attractive, but he's also built like a brick shit house. He's chiselled. He's chiselled. Um, so look in the mirror. <laughs> I find it funny. Um, see, the, imagine the, like, the amount of bottle it takes to go into these challenges, not knowing what they are, mm. knowing that you're more than likely going to get hurt. You're not going to win. In fact, I think one of them won the outright competition and beat all the locals, which was hilarious. Um... Can you imagine the bottle that takes? Mm. Okay, yeah, it, it, it's not going to scar him for life if they mess up a tattoo, but mm. they still get the head concave. That's, yeah, in the stick fighting one, they turn up in the first fight, the guy lands on his back, the other guy slaps him with a stick, cracks him there, like a bamboo cane across his head, mm. split his skull open! He's not there, he's not bleeding profusely, but... So we've got sort of oh. physical trauma against yeah. emotional, well, sort of mental <coughs> trauma of fucking <coughs> tattoo or doing it wrong and scarring someone physically for life as opposed to the sort of physical yeah. aspect of being hurt by somebody bigger than you yes. but no, I, I, can, I can see the your point the manliness the, the, the it's, it's a different skill set isn't it it is it's much more athletes intricate are, and they're prepared for that they probably go in there prepared to get the bit shit kicked out of them they do but they these do. contestants who go on to Ink Master they don't know what's going to happen they don't know what but it's I think it takes a lot of balls to use that skill set as a. It's hard to explain what I mean. Which is <laughs> good. Which isn't good. Yeah, which isn't good. I just think your athletes would expect to be beaten. So you can show pictures of me over and over again. <laughs> it's like an interesting tactic on yeah. what is a debate show to just. Just display pictures of I implore all of you to go and look for Ryko. It's spelled R-A-J-K-O. Go and look at him. And if I lose this battle, understand it was a travesty. Mm. <laughs> I still follow him on Facebook ten, almost ten years after the goddamn series ended. Well, how, how old's this show? 
It was like 2005, 2006, I think. Jeez. When did Ink Master air, or is it still airing now? It's still airing now. It's still like airing five, now. six seasons of it, I think. Oh, okay. And uh, Dave Navarro is the host. You want to talk about good-looking people? Dave Navarro of X Red Hot Chili Peppers fame. He's the judge. So I think he's a lot fitter than him. He's not one of the Americans, by the way. He was English. So I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't know this battle was going to devolve to who's got the more good-looking <laughs> men in it, but... Who's got better abs? We can't decide a battle on abs, unfortunately. So <coughs> do we have any closing remarks for our uh, close-up? Um, there's one episode where they get high on drugs. <laughs> That's it, is it? <laughs> As a good hilarity ensues, does it? Yeah, they all took that 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 um, Peru, not Peru, somewhere like somewhere South South American where it muffs you up for days. Ah, peyote. They all took it and they all got muffed up. Fun. And then there was a running race. <laughs> Whilst they were, but they had to kick a ball, and their shoes were made of old tyres. Literally, the tradition was they get old tyres and make shoes out of them, and then they run for like eighty odd miles. <laughs> It's the best show ever! <laughs> Pleasure remarks? On Ink Master, one of the episodes, a woman asks for uh, a tattoo of a landscape made entirely from bacon. So you can draw <laughs> bacon on. Now, if I had a choice between, somebody said, you've got to draw and tattoo for life, some, a bacon landscape on that man's back, or get hit with a cane by a big black boxer, I'd say, hit me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll call time on that one. Um, Interesting battle. Didn't think it was going to get as interesting <laughs> as it did. I'll be honest. I think Darren pissed off. Show me pictures of Raiko. <laughs> I think you know what you just said at the end, where they said they all get high on peyote and have to do a running race. That should have been the competition from the get-go. What well, just that? In- <laughs> yeah, just chill. They, so they all have to get high, and then they all have to do the challenge. As opposed to they've got five days. <laughs> stop. Show me the picture of Raiko. We get it. I'll just put it here. You carry on with your decision making. I've got one last question for Joe. Um, so, the people training at Ink Master then have to tattoo on real people every show. Oh, yeah. yeah. They have a, one challenge at the start where it's not a tattoo, like uh, graffiti. Yeah. Uh, drawing on um, uh, pig skin they use a lot of times. Uh, drawing on ornaments and whatnot. And then the final challenge is there's a tattoo on a, on a real life person. Throwing it at the event. Okay. Mm. Right then, I'm going to make a verdict. I think the point is going to have to go... Stop showing me pictures of Raiko. Um, oh, this is hard. I am going to give the point to Joe, but is only it? because... Only because there are a lot of other reality TV shows like that. There is no yeah. other show like mine. I've <laughs> because never seen it's got Raiko. No, partly because of Raiko. Raiko's going to get like a bump in like followers <laughs> after this. You're like, what the... <laughs> Raiko, no. if you want to come to my house <laughs> and allow me to touch you, that'd be fantastic. That'd be, that'd be just swell. Um, what you described sounded like every other Survivor show, only no, more no, no, organised. No, no, no. But this was the thing: they weren't just surviving. They weren't like, oh, we're a bit hungry. You know? They're going into battle with gigantic dudes. Yes. Like, yeah, but that's like, that's like there was like one for MMA, and it sounds very similar. Whereas Ink Master. That, I don't think there's anything like that on TV, apart from that. There may be another tattoo reality show. I don't know any Well, there's, there's like but LA Inc. and stuff like that, but nothing yeah. where it's a competition. Well, a competition, yeah. I don't think it's a tattoo competition. I should have known you voted against the manly thing. You've got a manly bone in your goddamn body. <laughs> don't like football. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're heating up for our battle. Good game, good game. Good game. One point to Joe. Hey. Brilliant. Hey. Round number two, me versus Darren. The fight that most people 
have been waiting for, I think it is. Because we've been building up to this on a lot of different podcasts. So it will be very interesting to see what the outcome of this is. Darren, you yeah. like Kick-Ass 2. <laughs> I adore Kick-Ass 2. I hate Kick-Ass 2. Okay, I would shake your the... hand, but this is now. This the is... gloves are off after you voted against Riker. This next, these next ten minutes are going to be brutal. Okay, shit has got real, ladies and gentlemen. Right, ready? We're going to start with... Yeah. We'll start with Mike okay. this time. So, ready? Go for it. Kick-Ass 2 is a completely awful film. Not only because the comic it was based on is completely awful, which it is... Um, but because the the okay, we'll start with the main thing. The departure of Matthew Vaughan from the series has been detriment to its quality. You look at the finesse that the fighting in Kickass Two had and the way it was shot is so much better. You go to sorry in Kickass One, in Kickass Two, however, the action just doesn't satisfy. The CGI is very obvious, which isn't good for a movie like this. Um, the characters are a little bit all over the place, um, especially the way that they've. Uh, taken Red Mist, now dubbed the motherfucker. That is true from the comics, however. Um, and just kind of made him into this would-be wannabe mobster leader, which in the second comic book is actually what he is. And I kind of felt like he would have been better character progression to make him more competent, um, considering how incompetent he was at the end of the first movie. Leading into the second, it did seem like he got a bit more of a spur step, and they just completely dropped that. Now... There is one saving grace about the movie, and that's the fact that Hit Girl is still good. But that is literally it. All of the other supporting characters are terrible. Especially Jim Carrey. I'm coming for you, Darren. Especially Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is the most wasted opportunity in this movie by far. Probably one of his most phoned-in performances. I'm sorry, just... The scare tactics won't work on me, Darren. You can't do that today. Jim Carrey phones it in so unbelievably that it's, it feels like... You know what it felt like? It felt like watching Yes Man if they'd taken all the charm out of the movie. It just wasn't, it wasn't fun. Was Jim Carrey a massive part of the film? Yeah. Cameo well, uh, half and half, I think. Okay. For anybody who hasn't seen the movie or hasn't read the comics, spoiler alert, but Jim Carrey's character dies about halfway through. Now, the way that he's killed off in the comic book is pretty stoic and the way that he sort of goes down organs blazing. Mm. In this one, they play it for laughs. Which is a bit fucking stupid. Well, Any a, a comedy sort of film. It's supposed to be a comedy sort of film, yeah, based on a well, comedy. Wouldn't a serious death be a, a bit detrimental to the comedy? Well, you aspect. think it, you think about the serious deaths in Kick-Ass 1, the serious death of Big Daddy. That's an emotional moment that leads to one of the best action sequences in cinema, in my opinion. But it's not it's not something that's translated well into a sequel. Especially mm. sort of the, the weird character progression. Like, we don't need to see... Um, any sort of romantic development for Kick-Ass since we got all that in the first one. It's not something that's focused on in the comic books either, so it's not like they're trying to stay true to anything. Especially the, again, spoiler alerts, the pairing off right at the very end of Hit-Girl, who is, lest we forget, a girl, and Kick-Ass, who is sort of like early 20s. It's a bit weird. Mm. And that is something they invented for the movie. It jars completely at the end. The whole... Um, so the shoehorned in a romance Well, they shoot, they, shoot, they shoot in a lot of romance angles, okay. as well as changing around certain characters okay. in order to justify cheap jokes. And that's what this movie felt like. It was... Kick-Ass didn't do particularly well at the box office, but it did critically favourably. And mm. it's still a great movie. They then got the money to make the movie, and then decided, we're not going to use that money. It felt like a cheap... Like, a direct-to-DVD... Movies, what I felt. Anchorman Two, what I felt about that. Well, how you felt about that? Yeah, I, I personally like Anchorman Two, but 
But Kick-Ass 2 certainly is not a patch on its predecessor. It's a flawed action movie with with direction by Jeff Wadlow just being completely wasted. Characters such as Mother Russia just being a bit part of what could be a great movie, but just failed completely. And I'm sorry, Darren, that is the truth. Okay, okay. That's four minutes of bitching from my... Here we go. And on the other side of the fence, Darren. Right. Straight off the bat, no, it is not a better movie than Kick-Ass. That's fine. Okay? Most sequels, 90% of sequels, are not better than the first one. That's fine. But to call it a waste of time and an utter piece of shit is wrong, Michael. Okay? Actually, provably, scientifically, wrong. One, a good escalation of what happened in the first one. You went from one or two superhero knockoff people to an entire army worth of them. So it meant an escalation in the action at the end. Was it as well choreographed? Maybe not slightly. But I defy you to say that the fight between Hit Girl and Mother Russia at the end isn't fucking awesome. When she finally gets the heat of adrenaline and goes blah and starts stabbing her with the glass, it's awesome. Okay? Great jokes. Jim Carrey has one of the funniest lines he's ever said in this movie. Um, you have to remind me of that. Which is what, right, when the, the guy says he was he was a guy, he, he was a guy, let's take it. He was gay, but he, that's why he didn't want to show his... He didn't want to hide his face behind a mask, because he, you know, he knows it's like to be bullied. He's standing up for himself, he doesn't care. And Jim Carrey says, yeah, as long as your heart's in the right place, we don't care what you put in your mouth. One of the funniest lines he has ever said. Okay? Now, Jim Carrey's character was awesome. Okay, he wasn't there long enough. I would have preferred him to be there longer, because I love Jim Carrey and want him to be in every single second of every single movie. But, he did well, he got in there, did his stuff, was very funny, very entertaining. Um, and his death served purpose. Yes, it was played for the last. It wasn't like the big daddy death. But then it, you would probably accuse it of, oh, you just copying the big daddy death now. They have to do something slightly different. This is what this movie is. Slight changes, which may not be better changes, but changes that were needed to be made. You know, you've now got the motherfucker in charge of a small army. Yes, he's incompetent, but that's the point of Mother Russia. It wouldn't work if all of a sudden Christopher Mintz... I can't say his name. Christopher Mintz Plas? Yeah. It wouldn't make sense if he was all of a sudden a mafia boss, because no one's going to believe that. But you can believe he's got enough money to go and pay off Mother Russia and all the other people he's got running around with him to go and, you know, raise some hell. There are big stakes. They end up killing Kick-Ass's dad. Um, other things. Who else they kill? Other people. They kill Jim Carrey. Um, the, the final fight's great. Yes, the, the, the romance was a little weird in that she's, like, underage. That was yeah. a bit odd. I'll give you that one, Michael. But no, it was a perfectly fine sequel. No, it wasn't groundbreaking like Kick-Ass was. But it certainly wasn't as bad as you make it. So you're saying that the sequels don't have, like, more often than not, are, can't be greater than their original movie. Uh, I'm not saying they can't be. I'm just saying if you look at history, you will find that most of them don't need to be. But this is not like... But let's say 85% of them are categorically worse. About 5% better. So there's about 10% where it's like, well, it's different. It's not necessarily better, but it's not exactly like a drop off the cliff like you're making it. It, it is. Well, what this movie could have been, it could have been in the vein of Empire, but it chose to be in the vein of Revenge of the Fallen, is what I'm saying. It tried to play... I know it's a comedy action movie, but... As proven recently in Kingsman, Matthew Vaughan has a perfect <coughs> blend of that that was completely ignored for the sequel of Kick-Ass. Okay, now, are you just mad at the movie for what it could have been 
as opposed to looking at it, what it was, Watchmen syndrome, as we call it. Yes, true. But let me let. Okay, let's just put the cards on the table. Let you show where I stand with that. The comic is average. Every Mark Miller-produced comic is average. Matthew Vaughan can take those comics and make them into incredible movies. Jeff Wadlow clearly cannot. Maybe it is all down to the direction. Maybe it's down to how do we escalate the stakes on a lower budget. I'm not certain, to be honest. What I do know is that the, le- the end product of the, of the final film was cut down from its original time. Didn't really do much character progression other than, how can we play this off for a cheap laugh? And introduced characters such as Night Bitch that weren't really that good in the comic just so it served a romantic purpose in a later action scene. I will concede that the fight against Hit Girl and Mother Russia was pretty damn awesome, but I actually disagree about the adrenaline thing. I, 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 I didn't feel like that was a satisfying crescendo, to be honest. Really? Yeah, really. You would have preferred the tiny little girl to somehow beat the big Russian through overpowering her normally? I know it doesn't make any sense, but that's just my taste. Okay, Michael. I, I just I still do feel that you have inherent, like, you're mad at it because it's not what you wanted, as opposed to judging it by its own merit. Which, again, Watchmen Syndrome. It's... I feel like you... you Okay, maybe Matthew Vaughan would have done better, but what would Matthew, Dawn, Matthew Vaughan have done differently that would have vastly improved this movie? I don't see how... It was a natural progression. Everything they did to progress the story made logical sense. So I think Matthew Vaughan would have probably made... Yes, okay, Almost no. beat for beat the exact same decisions. The, don't get me wrong, the beats in the movie make sense, but it's the delivery. The fact that, that Mother Russia, yes, is now controlling this huge mafia syndicate of would-be supervillains... But those would-be supervillains are a fat guy in what can only be described as a bin bag with a toxic thing written on it. Yep. The Mother Russia is actually competent at what she does, but he's incredibly downplayed from the source material. And then you have the motherfucker himself, a man who gets hit in the head with his own gun. This is a man who has gone toe-to-toe with Kick-Ass before. These fights aren't satisfying. There's no escalation in the action. The action is in this weird stagnant point where it's neither satisfying nor interesting. But, the, right, again, you, no one would believe that all of a sudden Christopher Mintzblatt is like this amazing badass, like, ninja oh, guy. Kick-Ass trained up, that happened in the movie. No, but, right, that's he why, got better. Right, their fight, Kick-Ass versus the motherfucker, was personal. You got your action fixed from Hit-Girl versus Mother Russia. They were two different fights. It wasn't meant to be some, like, raid-esque, fucking beautiful choreographed fight between the two. He killed his dad, he was going to kill him, and he was fine, it was good. It was good. It wasn't good. Okay. Past the 10 minute mark, we'll stop right there. So we, we finished good. early on the last one, so it's cool. <clears throat> good argument, gents. Thank you. Right, so obviously good points put forward by both of you. Daz, I like that you're okay to admit that because it's a sequel, you probably ain't going to live up to the expectations. <sighs> Sorry, <laughs> stop. He's ain't going to live up to, because you've already got the expectation of what the first one was. You got yep. in expecting, oh, this is going to be just as good. It's got to be same, mm-hmm. same film. Why wouldn't it be? And then Mike, clearly very passionate about this film. <coughs> I'm going to have to give it to... This is a tough one, because you both have more points. I'm going to give it to Mike. Yes! This time. I'm going to give it to Mike. Kick-Ass 2 sucks officially! <laughs> well, that's for the general public to decide. <laughs> but no, very good argument. Uh, just slightly, <laughs> slightly clinched it, Gash. With, uh, Get! Clearly very passionate about the subject. <laughs> what are your personal feelings towards Kick-Ass 2? I don't think I guess so. Oh. There we go. Yeah, so, so a completely unbiased exactly. opinion. The kick ass too. It very reminded me of how I felt about Ankman 2. I thought it was all the good bits from 
number one, taken in and then overblown and exaggerated to try and make a second film out of it. Yeah, that's, that's, what exactly it, that's what it sounds like to me. Funny enough, that was my argument summed up in a sentence. Well, there we go. There you go. I probably there should have just wasted, <laughs> <laughs> wasted five minutes of everyone's life. Well, I'm not out of this entire competition. No, it's good. You still have a chance to claw it back. No, I don't. Oh, I'm already one more round. It's you two now. Yeah, yeah but you I still have a chance to claw it back. Actually, well, actually, no, you have a chance to draw. Interesting. No, we no. don't. Because one of you is about to get another point, which means one of you goes 2-1-0, and in the final round I'll get one point. No, there's two points in the final round. There is? Yes. That's, that's oh, what... yes, there is. <laughs> You're not out of it yet. Hopefully you can win in the final round. Next up. Next up. It is me versus Joe on uh, the worst thing. Now that we've done, oh. now that we've done best and we've done... a. Put like a discussion yeah, of yeah, yeah. opinions. Now it's time for the Stinkers. worst thing. Worst thing. Worst thing about, about 50, Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, the movie released this week, so this, this it's the perfect time to just discuss like this. Thing, Hopefully not. <laughs> we'll see. So, yeah, Darren, yeah. you'll be keeping time. You'll be telling us who goes first, and we'll be battling it out for ten minutes. Joe's going first. Begin. Okay. I've noticed in the past, well, past couple of years, for past two years or so, a lot of women said to me. My favourite book is Fifty Shades of Grey, which translates to the only book I've read is Fifty Shades <laughs> of Grey. That's <laughs> usually what it means. And then, if they think that that's what good literature is, then they're not going to know any better that it's not that good. They're going to think that this is the best literature can be. It can get no better than this because so many people love it. It's got to be good. And that's dumbing down the opinion of what these people think of literature. Therefore, they're never going to go and expand further because this is the best literature can get even though that's bollocks it's just overblown nonsense so I think the worst thing about it is that it's making people stupid it's making people <laughs> not appreciate the, the beauty of literature outside of things which aren't as popular as this trope do you know what I mean and because it's made to a film as well that's even more reinforcing the fact that oh this must be amazing because Hollywood have picked it up and turned it into a film and it's not it's just popularity being a substitute for quality. That's the worst thing about it. And I've noticed a lot of people are picking up on that. Although a lot of people hate it as well. And obviously not everyone. It's not everyone's favourite book by any means. There's still just as many haters as there are lovers. Mm-hmm. But that's what's getting to me about it. And the past week has been a nightmare for, for people in our shoes, I'm hoping. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, point Okay. Um, I'm going to go down a bit of a weird tangent with this one, but... Oh. No, okay, it's not that weird. Weird tangents to do with Fifty Shades of Grey usually don't end well, but carry on. They normally don't. Um, I'm actually going to say the worst thing about it is... is It's twofold. It's the the direction that Fifty Shades has made the, the literature to go in is becoming a lot like the movie and TV industry, and that's what I hate. It's also taken away your quality control, which I think is a part of, of movies nowadays. The, the fact that the quality control has gone way down... Um, and it, what it is, it's because of Sh- Fifty Shades now. There is an over numerousness of copycats. That's not a word. Over numerous. It, it is. It was used in the IT crowd IT countdown crowd. special. Yeah, it was. Jesus Christ. Tenetumba. Tenetumba. <laughs> it's a nice Tenetumba you've got, by the way, Darren. Thanks. <laughs> um, so yeah. So the way that the, t- the TV and movies have been working is Twilight was made. Twilight was incredibly popular. Vampires then got shoehorned into Supernatural. The Vampire Diaries got made. True Blood got made. Okay, True Blood's probably allowed a free pass because it was actually good. Yeah. But 
you, you see what the I'm getting. The reason it was so popular was because of Twilight's previously. Exactly, yeah. Fifty Shades is no exception to the rule. We are now starting to get shows based entirely around bondage and crazy sex shit. And again, there is always an exception to the rule because we got the series Masters of Sex, which is genuinely excellent. Mm. Uh, and I do implore the people go and watch that instead of Fifty Shades because it is actually a quality made story. Mm. Um, so the fact that, that this terrible book, which started as a Twilight fan fiction, mm. can pretty much just you can just control F Bella and Edward out and put Grey and and whatever what's Anastasia. her name Anastasia woman woman <laughs> Grey and Grey and woman <laughs> one you can put them in and leave it word for word which often isn't a good idea because of how many freaking spelling mistakes there is mm. um, takes the quality control aspect away from literature so no one can write a decent book now and be popular mm-hmm. at the same time so either you write a good book or you write trash and make all the money. You need to shoehorn sex or zombies or vampires into yeah. it to, make, to get a following. And a lot of these cases now, because it's going down such a similar route to, to movies, mm. you get... Okay, E.L. James is a bad example, who is the author of Fifty Shades, because she genuinely did write all of that. I can believe she did. The fat mess. It's rubbish. Because it's <laughs> crap. Um, fat mess. But, but you get these, these paint-by-numbers books written by several people so that they can emulate the style of these dreadful fan yeah. fictions. Mm-hmm. And I don't well, get why that... Best is just repetition. Exactly. So that's, that's, what it's, that's what it's boiled down to. We're boiling down to the fact that you can write rubbish, make that rubbish popular, and then have a secondary tidal wave of bullshit after it. Okay. Much like the movie industry. Okay. Um, well, question for you, Michael, first. Okay. Um, well, y- you say that these movies... Uh, they're losing quality control, but does the fact that they're not making a lot of money mean that on some level they are successful? Because again, the movies you've all mentioned weren't aimed at you. You were not the target audience for Fifty Shades of Grey or Twilight or any of these things. So, yeah, you might think their quality is a bit iffy, but does it really matter? Because clearly somebody's liking them. Bad movies, I mean truly terrible movies, don't make that much money. True, but to say that I'm not the target audience for Fifty Shades is like saying that I'm not the target audience for Harry Potter, but those books are good. And I'm not the target audience for Harry Potter, and I can appreciate their worth in a literary sense. The movie's not so much, but we'll get to that on another show. Um, and that's, that's entirely the point. It does not matter what your book is about. If it is good, it is written well. And even if you don't like the subject matter, you can appreciate the craft. Game of Thrones is a good example. I've not read them, however I know how important they are. I know how uh, interesting and developed that the world is. And then you've got Fifty Shades of Grey, which is literally just page upon page of poorly scripted boning. And that makes all the money. Yeah, okay, Game of Thrones would be a bad example because it is in the spotlight. It is doing terribly well. But think of how many fantasy series are out there that aren't. Look at writer Dan Abnett, for example. Quite popular, not as popular as I'd like him to be, because he ends up writing stuff for... Um, he's worked on Guardians of the Galaxy, he's worked on Warhammer stuff, but they're not bestsellers, mm. and they never will be, but his writing is incredible. And that pe- I feel people like him are getting overshadowed by these people from fanfiction.net who can get something behind them because they've included boning, and that mm. makes me angry. Okay. My point to you, Jeff, is that you're saying that books like these are becoming default famous because no one's willing to go out and do mm-hmm. but 
in, there's another point to be made that because the Fifty Shades of Grey book has been so successful, it's actually helping out a dying medium because books are on the way out. And the internet has replaced them pretty much, but books like Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey are actually keeping it churning, which means more people can make more interesting books for you to enjoy, for others to enjoy. Yeah, maybe the mainstream's not going to touch them, but they're still getting made because of the overwhelming success of these more mainstream pieces of shit. Well, problem is... No. <laughs> well, the problem is no. The problem is no. <laughs> because it's so popular, it's going to make people want to go out and buy other books. Yeah. But that doesn't seem to be happening, does it? So you say books are still dying, even though they shouldn't be, because this trilogy is so massive. But how do you know people are going out and buying other books? I don't think they are. I think because, say, 90% of the people who've read it are only ready because they know it's so popular, yeah. they aren't going to do that again until another book gets just as popular, i.e. Twilight, True Blood, all that other shit. Right, but do you not think though, the publishing companies are on those books and they're getting that influx of money, which means they're going to be willing to take more... Because a book doesn't have to be monetarily successful again, to be successful. But in which case, they would need, as Mike said, it would need to be trash that they would have to submit, wouldn't it? They wouldn't right. uh, publish uh, self-published sci-fi fantasy unless it had bone-in vampires and zombies. You're right, they wouldn't publish it if it was yeah. self-published. So it wouldn't, well, you know. Pedantry! It would need to be, for that publishing house that, that did publish Fifty Shades of Grey, someone would need to submit just as much garbage as Fifty Shades of Grey was. You know, to think, oh, this could sell just as well as this shit. Let's publish it. And then that would be trash again. And then you just go around in a circle and you never get anything good out of it. You never get any good stories. Okay. What's up, Tom, then? Very good, Ray. Very well. Very good points put forth. I'm going to give the points to Joe. Okay. Because I feel the point you're making of the books like. They're just sticking here, they're not branching out, it's becoming and yeah. it keeps the Because you pretty much made two almost very similar points, mm. but I think the point I made to you was that they're making money, so yes, they are dumbing down media, but you even said yourself, you shot yourself in the foot when you said, well, true good's good. That means that, yes, we're about to get a lot of sh- shitty bondage things. <laughs> that was already a series when Twilight came out, wasn't it? Was it, it was a, then they adapted it. To I'm film. fairly certain it was a couple of years did. after. Was it? At, at least around the same time as the last movie. <coughs> it's that kind of era. It was probably still a Twilight fan fiction, like when the no, third or fourth. True Blood. Oh, I thought we were about Fifty Shades. Sorry. No, sorry. True Blood. Yeah, True Blood. True Blood was out at the same time yeah. as, as Twilight. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think and the it point was I, I think you did a better job of shooting down the point I made to you because you said yourself that good things could potentially come of them, and we have evidence of it. Whereas your point. When I said about, you know, could this not mean that other authors get to do stuff? You are right, there's not other books that have really come along that aren't trashy. So we're saying that the problem is no won the argument. No, the problem is no was a very good one. No, but I just feel like yours is more of a problem than yours is. Yours can have and has shown to have good offshoots of it. Yeah, fair enough. Let's think about, we all got bored of zombies. Then we got Warm Bodies, which was a good movie, which would not have been made under any other circumstances. Whereas, yeah, yours is a better point. 
Joey. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I did shoot myself in the foot. Right, final round, and I say all to play for. Darren's got to get these points to come level oh, to take us into the tie break. I've got, to, I've got this stuff. Uh, I've got to get it to win. Joe's got to get it to make fools of us all by winning every oh, round. Okay. <laughs> Again. Have you did not win the last couple of shows? I didn't win the last one. I won the first one, and then. Did you win the last I one? I didn't win the last one. It must have been me then. Yeah, yeah. It must have been me. Okay. You don't keep record. Apparently I can't not. Eat my skin. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you would have been good on, uh, what was that tattoo show called? Yeah, <laughs> He's just, just got... Last man standing. You couldn't have last man They did actually have tattoos done where they had like a little like piranha stuff put in a stick. They dipped it in ink and then stabbed them in the leg. That's a manly tattoo. That manly fucking is. Oh. I see I'm going to leg you both for DVD so that you can <laughs> come round to my way of thinking on the A, it is the best reality TV show and you would have sex with Riker. <laughs> if there's two points that need to be made, it was those. Right, final round. Final round is the best obscure sport of all time. We've got, should we say 50 minutes to Just going to point out, we haven't abandoned the random generator. No, no, we, just, we haven't. We have, we have, we, we, we're in need of a quick episode today. We're impressed for time. So when, when we come back with a bit more time, it will be back, 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 back. Yeah, so, best obscure sport. We will start with Darren, seeing as he hasn't got any points. We'll work our way up. So, Darren, make Joe. 10 minutes to decide, the, sorry, 15 minutes to decide the winner. And, Darren, off you go. Dodgeball. Okay. <laughs> Dodgeball is the best obscure sport known to man. Alright? It really. It, right. It encapsulates everything you want about sport athleticism, tension, um, balls. <laughs> it literally, like, if you've ever seen the movie Dodgeball, you'll see that it can turn on a dime and you, it's all of a sudden some teams win, but then they're not, and it's all. And it's got violence, which is inherently good. Because football's great, but there's no, like, you start getting a bit tappy tappy with your, your, you know, tackles. Oh, I fell over, yellow card. This one, you can hurl a ball into someone's face, a top pelt, crack them, and it's like, yep, he's gone, shoot, there you go. Awesome. Dodgeball, prosecution rests. That's your entire case. 45 seconds. Jesus, okay. I think the best obscure sport, or at least in my eyes, the most overlooked sport is darts. Dart is a game for the common man, and it is wonderful. I, the common man. It is. Think about it. Think, <laughs> think about the. Play sports yeah, exactly. It's yeah. the most inclusive sport ever because yeah. you can have fat heifers who can't do anything other than throw things yeah. competing in a world tournament against other fat men who can't throw things. Admittedly, it's mainly inclusive to fat men, apparently. But no, <coughs> thinking about it, darts is one of those sports that requires finesse from people who look like they haven't done a, a you know, a poetic thing in their entire life. And probably, it's probably the sport with the best, um, like, crowd atmosphere you're ever likely to see. It is. It is. Think of it. <laughs> uh, you're not, you're not going to beat me on dodgeball's crowd atmosphere, I don't think. Because fo- football, fair enough, but you have to sit in the stand, you know, nowhere near the action. Darts, you're right next to the guys, and everybody is drinking. There's a lot of responsibility of being in a small audience. There is. True. People look, if you can see the performer, you feel obliged to, yeah, <laughs> even though you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, but like, even the people who aren't there to see the darts, who are probably just there to drink, you know, and be merry, they get engaged by this sport because it, it's people just like them. Doing things that, that it looks simple, but it's hard to master. That is why dart is the best sport. I'm going to save that for a minute. <laughs> best sport. 
Obscure sport. Obscure sport. We're two minutes in. I'm going to show you what the best sport is. Oh, oh, attention. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to shoot holes in your goddamn sport at any second there. Are you sure? I'm positive. And I like darts. And I'm a bit bigger part of your goddamn sport. Darts is incredible. Oh, hang on a minute. Hang on, what? He's brought something. Didn't expect this. Are we getting a show? This is the best sport. Oh. Oh. Right. Poker? Oh, damn. No, the best sport. Yep. Snap. Which you've never heard of. It's called XCM. It's right. called extreme card manipulation. Ooh, what it wow. Is, is it's a um, it's very underground and not many people know what it is. But what it is is the ability to manipulate cards to an advanced degree, and there's not many people who can do it very well. And but it's very obscure. So it's sort of things like this. If you could have a, a camera on, and this will be the time. <laughs> but it's sort of things like putting cards back in the deck. Yep. And then keeping it in your hand at all times. It's, Except for the one you dropped, yeah. I really wish I was recording <laughs> that, to be honest. <laughs> it's sort of like an offshoot of magic. Right. But, it's, but there's not much magic involved. It's um, It's just looking cool. It's just showing competency with playing cards. That's all it is. And it's an obscure sport that taken off in Japan and Germany, cool. funnily enough. Germans have had that fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that good at it because I learned magic originally, but it's taking the magic out of it and just doing the flourishes. And doing the cool like shit. And doing the cool shit. Um, but it does get a lot more advanced than this. It, people can do crazy shit. This is what I used to be able to do. Again, oh, if, we, if we were recording. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> I really wish we were recording that. Let's try and let's do the uh, the audio book version of what just happened. <laughs> jo- Joe fans yeah, cards like out onto his arm, threw them into the air, and caught them all as a deck. That was awesome. It was half the deck. Half the deck. But that was a bonus. That was still um, awesome. And it's it, things like that, but it's an underground one. But it takes years to learn how to do it. Even though you're learning things that people. Don't comedy really see things like this. I'm looking like forward to the cross examination where Darren's going to start throwing some <laughs> bas- not basketballs, dodgeballs around, and I'm going to do a perfect 180. <laughs> it's going to be things. great. Also, you do have to incorporate magic into the performance if you're doing it to a small audience, but it's things like it's because it's the best, it's learning how to do moves like this, which has taken about a year to do that. Ah, so, oh, you know, wow, you wouldn't, I've learned a move there that's invisible, but it's taken me years to do it. So that's why it's the best sport, because you're putting so much effort into it, but you're not getting much back out of it. Right. If you know what I mean. So it's a sport of dedication, <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah, sport of dedication. It's really there should be very little reward. <laughs> 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 okay, okay, right. First of all, I'm gonna take down you. Okay. And then I'm gonna take down you. Um, all right, here we go. You. Yes. Okay. Darts. One, that is not the best crowd in the world. It is in fact the worst crowd in the goddamn world. Hell. They are there to entertain themselves. They all get pissed. They all start going, duh, 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 every five seconds. Stand up if you love the darts. That's all they have. <laughs> they have two goddamn chants. All right? And they're both obnoxious. They always be told, shut up. These people are trying to concentrate on what is a very difficult sport. Right, number two, not an obscure sport. It's on both the BBC and Sky Sports. Have you ever seen Dodgeball on TV? No. Obscure. It was Num- on the other night. On Channel 4. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Okay. The entrances are ridiculous. They've taken them from wrestling and thought, looked in them for, we'll get some music and some lights and some dancing girls. That'd be awesome. And this big fat bloke comes out awkwardly and like has to go, oh, high five. And they've got these like nicknames. Like, oh, he's Jackpot and the Pewa. It's so like... 
ridiculously campy, but not in the way that wrestling is. It's just stupid. No. Say, every, everything you've just said is a part of wrestling, and apparently but, when, but, when, you tra- when you put it to when people actually have to learn a skill, it's bad. Uh, right, wrestling is a fucking skill, and I'll punch you if you ever say anything like that again. No, but wrestling is the zenith, it is the peak of what that stuff is. Dart is like four or five levels down. Yeah. I love darts, but I still find everything around the actual sport is awful. You. <laughs> Alright. Card things, undeniably fucking awesome. But in terms of like a sport, it's like it's like ribs and gymnastics. It's like one one interpretation of a trick by one person could be covered, and another person might think so. Oh, I give you a replacement sport. <laughs> you do this, you put this on your elbow, yeah, and it. you go, yeah. oh, and you catch it. Now that's interesting. Then what you do is you then put two ten P's on your elbow. I haven't got two yeah. ten P's, but then you go, what? And you catch more. That's rising tension. I've seen somebody do fourteen. It was immense. Okay, I've improved upon your sport and I've shot yours down. Take a shot at dodgeball. Okay, let's take a shot at dodgeball. So if we're going just by the fact dodgeball. that. Obscure makes it better, is what you're saying. The well, fact that it's, well, the well, fact well, that nobody plays it. Obscure was in the title, Michael. I mean, you're relegated because Dart is no, obscure. No, okay. How many <laughs> Dart players do you see advertising things? None. Exactly. That Have is why Dart. Would you? I know. I get. I get that. But these Dart players are more relatable. It is a better sport for people who could say, "I could do that." Whereas, like, you get footballers, you get like. Normal lad types, oh, I could do that, but most of the time it's like we wouldn't want to do that, or we're not that but, talented. But, but to that point, but then there's an even better sport for all the points you're making out, and it's snooker. Snooker's ten times the sport that darts is. Okay, so you can go and play pool and play snooker. That's the point I was actually going to build to. Is like, so you want darts to be more like snooker, where it's all <sighs> silent and procedural. That's not fun. No, but I, admittedly. Correct. I don't want them to be all boring and dire. But you can't deny they're not fucking irritating when you're watching like a really tense follower stand up. Especially if it's been like if it's like eleven at night and be going all day on the fucking source, right? Can you be quiet for the love the boss? It's not good, Mark. It's not good. I, 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 I could have picked I, Snooker, I would have picked Snooker. I know, no, I, I no. stuck to the rules and picked an obscure sport, like me and Joe did. Mm. If we're going okay. to get obscure routes, then I've won, because mine's the most obscure. No, no, we're asking which is the best. What about elbow coins? <laughs> that, the official, the official <laughs> world of elbow coin, for God's elbow sake. Coin. Just because, okay, Dodds, admittedly, out of the three presented, has the most coverage, has the most regulation, so on and so forth. It is still a sport that when, if you say, name a sport, Dart is not the first thing that comes into your head. I think it should be, because it's the easiest to watch, easiest to get involved in, and easiest to say, I could, I could do that. It's, all you have to learn is to learn how to throw. Not that bad. I want to classify it as a sport, that's my thing. Dart, snooker, golf, not sports. What? You don't you don't get the breath. You know, you don't you don't physically hurt you. <laughs> but it's sports. a contest, it's a competition. By that, yeah, by, 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 that by that merit, I don't think you get out of breath shuffling fucking cards. But, but it is a sport. I think you have just put a huge hole in your <laughs> argument. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> and then you do. Oh, knackered. <laughs> I'm tired. You do get tired. Yeah, just, yeah, That's but... the beauty of coin elbow. <laughs> <laughs> no sweat. No sweat. <laughs> no, 
you can't judge a sport by its physical exertion. You have to judge it by its competition and by the, the effect it can have on those that watch it. The fact that it can become a spectator sport. All three presented have that ability. Darts has shown to have that ability. And in practice, is a sport that you can get into, can essentially profit off, and can go and watch and just enjoy the party atmosphere, even if you don't approve of the sport to begin with. The best sport out of the three is darts. But I think if if they just give dodgeball like a slight bit more coverage, it would it's far better than darts is for entertainment. I know dodgeball the movie kind of you know took it to like you know, the lumberjacks and the gimps and all them stuff, and it went a bit crazy. But but do you ever play dart? Did you ever play dodgeball at in PE at school? Yes. And how fucking awesome it was! It was sweet. I'm yeah, I was bad because I'm a naturally scrawny, unathletic motherfucker, and I still had fun. It was awesome. Bench football. Why do you love it? Bench football. Oh, <laughs> bench thing. football is awesome. No. Oh, it was, it was bench something. We used to throw him, but we didn't call it dodgeball in school. What was it called? No, it was that weird thing where like, you stand on a bench and you had to try and hit the bench or something like that. And no, well, no, because mm-hmm. that's bench football was when you put the benches literally on their sides yeah. and then you had to play in goal and go and kick mm-hmm. up the benches. But no, think how fun dodgeball is. The tension of like, you get the little scared people, like, oh, don't hit me. Mm-hmm. Then you got the big bug up front, up in the balls, balls in the face, balls in the face, Michael. <laughs> Good argument. I think what you're arguing more for is amateur dodgeball. Because no, should, should a professional dodgeball would have incredibly nimble people, <coughs> people that that you could aspire to be, but like you say, wouldn't include the scrawny people or the big burly fuckers. Well, we don't know because we don't know because it's obscure, Michael. Again, if the only two holes you could, could put be. into it is that you don't like the atmosphere and you don't approve of, say, like the fact that darts I is televised. Holes in that, you put those two holes and that's about it. I covered the rest with bronze seal made of darts. Uh, plus, it is a bit boring because Phil Taylor usually wins everything. Yeah, okay. He didn't admit it this year, but he was in the final. Actually, no, that is a good a good point that Phil Taylor like is the star player. He hasn't won a lot recently, yeah. though. Phil Taylor, star player, worst human being alive. One of the worst human beings alive. Yeah, that's your mascot, you Michael. You don't have that's to who you're like pitching the, the flag to. You don't have to like the people, like every single player. But it helps. It helps. Yeah. Okay. Name me a good dodgeball player then. White Goodman. <laughs> is that is that actually? Yeah. White Goodman. White Goodman. I'm right, going to Google right. him whilst you're doing that. I want you to Google him. You'll see that he's a great player. Phil Taylor. That's like the, the most boring name it is, anyone could ever have. He's evil. He's evil. But, have you ever seen him lose? Oh no, the wind and the darts. No, we weren't very good. He didn't shake anybody's hand. But when he's winning, he's all, oh yeah, I'm a great guy. Can you shake your hand? He's a prick. Every sport has a prick, like a prick, though. He looks like a prick. He's got his own nickname tattooed on his goddamn forearm. Oh, what a cunt. Thank you. Fuck's sake. That's, well, you that's, can't, you can't well, that's tar. that's dead. No, you can't tar. We're tar- over time. Oh. No, we're not. No, we're not. Two minutes. Two minutes. You can't oh, tar all darts players with the same brush just because Phil Taylor's a dick. There are good darts players. Uh, no, we're going to do that. We tar them with the same brush. Uh, no. Hmm. That's, that's, that's not the point. What? Go, for God's sake, that's... Really? Yeah. It's Ben Stiller from Dodgeball. You did pick that up immediately. So, again, you had to go to... Laser. You had to go to a fictitious... Blazer. You had to go to a fictitious person as opposed to... Oh, don't know any because it's obscure. That was not what we're arguing today, Michael. Most obscure... So best you're, obscure sport. So you're arguing... Well, it's not only the best, but it's also the most obscure, except for Joe's. I'm not entirely sure it exists, so I'm wondering. No, because you're arguing <laughs> the fact... Of a sport you know barely anything about... You don't know any of the players. Don't need to know anything about it to know that the sport is inherently awesome. 
Yeah, but like you, like have you, you seen no, bad people? No, no, no. Like, like you displayed with coin elbow, it's <laughs> not a sport. It is fun. <laughs> have you seen bad people play darts? It's cripplingly boring. They can be there for goddamn hours if they're starting five hundred one. Boring shit. The point is, they you started. Get, you get bad people in dodgeball. It's funny. It's still good. <laughs> they're like, oh no, no, hit me, and they get in the face. There is no form of dodgeball unless they're like, put like, oh no, you can only throw it at half speed. Proper dodgeball, regardless of who's in it, is either funny or awesome or both. Okay, well, like you say, if you've seen a boring person play darts, then yeah, it's really shit and it's really boring. Yeah. you got a good point. Someone's going to get hurt with yours. But with mine, somebody bad does it, then everything goes everywhere and everyone laughs. <laughs> somebody good does it, and it's amazing. It's like, wow, holy shit, how did you do that? So either way, you're laughing. Boom. Well... Should, we should call time. We should call time. So, uh, starting with Darren, then me, then right. you. We'll get no, the voting done. No, no, we'll do it last time. Right on the phones. So oh, right on the phones. Okay. Last minute. Okay, fair enough. Okay. So your choices are Darren with dodgeball, me with darts, or Joe with. You're gonna have to tell me the name of it again. XCM. XCM. Extreme card manipulation. Why did I do extreme ironing? Oh <laughs> my god, extreme ironing! Why? <laughs> Son of a bitch! Why am I remembering that extreme now? Are you ever seen it? Real. No, 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 no that is real. That is genuinely real. It's it's so real. It's we've all lost oh, because why we didn't. Oh, you cliff diving? Son of a bitch! Cliff diving. Yeah, seen Red Bull cliff diving. Uh, Red Bull soapbox diving. Yes, oh. I've seen. Oh, it was cliff diving the one where they literally just well, no, no, tried two, to make their like own. The one where they go off the cliff, and then there's one where they actually have people dying off of cliffs. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, I got mine. Okay, hang on. I'm also just going to write mine down. Okay. Okay. I voted for Michael. I voted for Darren. Darren. Oh, oh my God, he pulled, he's pulled level! Which means I'm not out... I am out of the competition, but we have to go to a tiebreaker round. You know what that means. Oh, Wait, are you? You no, got one no. point. I'm, that's got two, that's got you now have two, I have no, no, two, John has two. Oh, okay, sorry. We're thought... all into the tiebreaker. Great! Oh. Awesome! <laughs> For God's sake. Dodgeball! Right, okay, we're going to need the randomizer now. I do love darts, can I just point out? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. The points I made were true, but I do fucking love <laughs> And your shit is cool as fuck. But still, dodgeball. Still. And coin elbow. Coin elbow. <laughs> so, so what we've... Oh, damn, I really? did genuinely see oh. somebody do 14. He has massive hands, to be fair to, but more. <laughs> he just caught them and he was like... So what we have learned from today is we need to start up the International Federation of Coin Elbow. Yes. And the uh, extreme if you want to do it, it's best real. to use two peas. <laughs> Anything <laughs> small, it can be a little bit you know, tricky to grab here. Two peas are the official um, coin of use for elbow coin. <laughs> coin elbow, elbow. sorry. <laughs> um, we're either going to be discussing the best, the, either the best thing about, the worst thing about, or your favourite rom-com. Favourite. Mm. Favourite rom-com? Favourite. Mm. So, we're going for best rom-com? Yes. Okay. Mm. So, Joe, um, what we'll do is we'll go two minutes on each one, because yep. it is tiebreaker and we do want to get this done quickly. Two minutes on the best rom-com. And then vote. And then vote. Yep. Okay, so Joe, whenever you're ready, go. This is going to be a struggle, because we all hate rom-coms. Um, Favourite one I've ever seen. It's called I'll Give It A Year. You ever seen it? No. You seen it? It's got, um, what's his name? Patrick Jane from The Mentalist. Simon Baker. You ever seen him? The good-looking Australian guy. No, well, he's class. Um, he's <laughs> no, class, biggest, though. My biggest selling point is that he's in it. And the story is a lot better than any other rom-com I've seen. 
Mostly because they're not very good in any other ones. And that's like the best of the worst, if you know what I mean. It's like the tallest midget. That should be the best rom com. Yeah, the tallest, the tallest midget. Write that down. Write that later. It's actually quite a complex story which involves two couples which get together and then, spoiler alert, they don't belong together and then they end up with the other partner. But it's done really well and done quite quite cleverly. That's all I'm going to say. Cool. Although this was a struggle, I'll be honest. Okay. okay. Who's going to say Bridget Jones? Michael? Okay. The best rom-com ever is 500 Days of Summer. You son of a bitch. Yes! <laughs> I'm still beating him, don't worry. Don't worry. 500 Days of Summer starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zooey Deschanel tells the story of a, of a girl called Summer, as you could probably guess. Uh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt attempts to woo her over 500 days. Um, spoiler alert, it is a film that ends on somewhat of a downer note. Um, as Again, you find out that they, they, they just aren't compatible. You find out they aren't the one. It's the highs and lows of a young love story in the big city, which many people can relate to. It's definitely a rom-com for uh, our generation. It's, it's a lot more cynical towards love, including one of the best lines ever delivered by uh, Clark Gregg um, as... Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's boss um, basically the setup is he works in a greetings card company and his performance goes down whenever he's um, experiencing r- tr- trouble in his relationship with Summer and Clark Gregg just turns around to Joseph Gordon-Levitt and says what, what gives you your new cards? I mean roses are red violets are blue fuck you whore we can't print this funniest rom-com definitely the comedy aspect is high 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 up there and gives a more realistic yet somewhat more idyllic 21st century version of a love story. Also, two of the best actors in working in Hollywood at the moment, in my opinion, in both title roles. Brilliant stuff. Darren. Right, first <laughs> of all, you've got the two best bits of Five Days of Summer, which is the bit where he's listening to She's Like the Wind, and early in the film he's like, She's Like the Wind, oh, I love this song. It comes on again, he goes, Fucking hate this song! Yeah, that's good. And the bit when he sees Han Solo. Oh, anyway, yes. <laughs> now, and the you might think that I was annoyed because you picked my favourite rom-com, which you have, but my second favourite one, still going to kill it. I'm tired, it was I'm tired, marketed yeah. as a rom zom com no. and it's Shaun of the no. Dead. No! <laughs> <laughs> yes, Five and Days of Summer is the best pure rom-com, but Shaun of the Dead, since it was marketed as a rom-com, counts as one, and it's Shaun of the Dead. Prosecution rests... That, that's it, you could go with a 20 second argument of just Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead is one of the best comedies ever written, it's one of the best genre pieces ever written. It's my personal favourite zombie movie, because I fucking hate zombie movies. Zombies are a terrible fucking thing. Um, it's just the best, it's got Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, and it launched the Cornetto trilogy, launched Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's career. It's fucking nice. Play the Simon Pegg card. You did play the Simon Pegg right. card. Right, right, you just vote. Write your answers down. Thought you were going to pick Shaun of the Dead. This is why I was like, "We have to fight for Days in Summer's Corner really hard here." But didn't need to. It's still the better rom com in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But okay. it doesn't matter. All right then. Are we all ready? I vote for Michael. I vote for Darren. Yep, Darren. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, I cannot be stopped. This is for you, Ryko. <laughs> Back because I believed in you. I believe in you still. 
Jesus oh, Christ. Okay, everybody, good the, game. The, the good man who fucking game. Riker. Well done. Outlandish celebration. Jesus Christ. I, I don't win very often, so when I do, I have to take it to the hills. Well, we're, we're, we're all. We are now all one show apiece. I think this is probably one of the most feverishly four episodes as well. This is a really good show. I think we should have a title belt next time. Put the title on the line. Can since we, can since we get, we're all one each. Can we sort of set up a title match? So, can we get a title belt? A physical belt? Yes. Have you got a spare? I haven't got one. You'd you think I would do, but I don't, actually don't have one. you've got like an old WCW one. I've got an old weightlifting belt we can stick some paper on. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> so tune in, tune in to episode four of Disagreements, where it's going to be our very first, on the line. very first title fight. Okay. Who, who will claim the first title? Me! You'll find out next episode. Thank you very much for listening to episode three of Disagreements is, of course, make your way over to fallentertainment.com for more stuff such as this, including uh, the demo for Foul Fantasy, which we implore you all to play. Yes. It's it's, it's awesome. It's so good. And I made it. I'm so pleased with it, and we did make it. Alternatively, you can also go to thegutridgelog.co.uk for Darren's ramblings and musings on pop yeah. culture and other such things. Yeah. Including wrestling. A lot of wrestling. I haven't been wrestling on there since like the first or second week, so oh. I just oh. mention it occasionally. Well, there we go. It feels like more. You know I'm going to make you watch a WrestleMania just before the next WrestleMania, right? I hope That's not. how we're going to be an episode of Talking With Yourself. Uh, it's already in the planning. Don't worry about it, Mike. Oh, well. Which WrestleMania? 15. It was awesome. And I was there. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking 17. 17. Rock Austin 2. Austin. Yeah, can we not have 26 with, Aust- with uh, Undertaker Michaels 2? My favourite match of all time. This is where this discussion starts fading oh, out as we go into the music so we don't have to hear more talk about Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.